Charlotte here and we're at Compulsion and I'm here with David of the Dawn Duelists. Yep. So, hi David, so why don't you tell me a wee bit about what the Dawn Duelists are? Dawn Duelists are a HEMA club, uh, we do it's historical European martial arts. Okay. We're actually one of the older ones, being founded somewhere in the mid-90s by, uh, by a number of people including Paul MacDonald, uh, Bob Brooks, down from, who's now in Hotspur, okay. and Guy Windsor, who's well-known yeah. as well. Um, so it's a, a venerable society. Um, so what do you do? Uh, we do fencing using historical systems. Um, for example, uh, my primary weapon is the longsword using uh, both the German and Italian systems from the, uh, roughly the 15th century. Um, both traditions are, are on either side as well. Um, and we use we look at these manuscripts um, and we will uh, have them looked at them, try and make them work. Yeah. Uh, which is easier said than yeah. done for a lot of these earlier ones, yeah. where you have um, medieval people thinking in medieval ways. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting stuff. Yeah. So I've came up today and had a wee look around the room and. I was not expecting to see so many swords. So I have to say, I really, <laughs> that really piqued my interest. And also, you can't see David just now, but David is wearing something that's a cross between a fire suit and a hockey kit. Um, well I've, 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 I've heard these things <laughs> described as a duvet you can a du wear. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And is that warm? Um, yeah, we use a lot of protective equipment. Because you wear actually. Yes, these these fencing. are yeah these are yeah. fencing with steel swords. Mm. They're coming at you yes. at reasonably high speed. Yeah. Um, and yes, I mean, around the club night, we can have more swords than that yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to run you through, I'm wearing actually quite, I use quite a minimal amount. Okay. Um, it um, still looks pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah, intense. So, what, what I've got is, uh, uh, is, my main one is the Spez fencing mm -hmm. jacket. This is, this is heavy, several layers yeah. of cloth and leather on it, as well as uh, these large bits of plastic which will help, yes. help, help when I get hit around the arms and make me look more like a Sith Lord than <laughs> ever. Um, yes, under, under this I have some old football shin guards yeah. uh, just to cover a part of the arm that doesn't get protected by the plastic as much and a chest protector, uh, which is again plastic, just to make sure I never actually get stabbed there. And yeah. yeah. um, I'll get stabbed under it every yes. day. Um, but not on it these days. It's magic. So it is a hazard of yeah, it. So it is, it's more the fact control. you are going to get stabbed, but it's not going to kill you. That's yes. essential. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not going to get killed. Yeah. You. You'll notice if you look at the swords, mm. we either use a rebated tip where yes. the sword's folded, over. folded back, yeah. or yeah. Uh, mine is a spatulated yeah. one where it's expanded, yeah. um, so as to not yeah. go through anybody. Um, historically, of course, these things would be sharp and yes. would go through yeah. quite readily. And also, I suppose, because like, I, I, I obviously got to handle the swords, which is very exciting, but I realised that I am exactly the same height as the bait sword. So I'm now going to use that as my course of measurement from now on. That yes. I am, Charlotte is exactly one great sword tall. Yes, that's a great sword. <laughs> I think it's a 52-inch blade plus um, a bunch in the handle. Oh. Um, yeah, that's probably only actually military weapon we yeah. have. Yeah. Um, the rest of it is all civilian, so and quite a lot of art is for a civilian sphere. Mm when you're yeah. have, having a ostensibly yeah. friendly duel yeah. or a judicial challenge. Yeah. Um, and you can see it in a lot of the arts they use. Um, 
a lot of the longsword art is judicial, or the early stuff is yeah. very much judicial, so you see the points coming in yeah. quite a lot. Later on, it uh, later on that fades, and as they as it becomes a sort of um, dueling culture and a very macho one, um, I would actually say that um, late fifteenth, early sixteenth century Germany is what the NRA wants America yes. to be like. Yeah. Um, except with swords rather than guns. Everyone's armed and everyone's... Yes, everyone's armed and you, you will have friendly duels. So yes. a lot of the arts um, becomes a lot more about cutting and yeah. managing your opponent safely. Yes. Um, because you don't want to kill your opponent, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And if you should accidentally do so, you really want to be killing with the blade rather than this point. Yep. Uh, the distinction here is that um, they don't really try this at, at home, kids. Just maybe should be. Yeah, don't try. Don't try killing. Don't try killing people with sharp swords yes, at home. Right? Yes. We shouldn't need to say that. Do it in a safe environment. It's Don duelists, for example. <laughs> um, the um, but the important distinction is yeah. between and this is a good one for fantasy role players yeah. to remember. Um, is distinction is that a cut with the a slice. Um, that can happen accidentally, so yeah. courts will tend to rule that as manslaughter, whereas yeah. the point you're yeah, demonstrating, that needs some purpose to it, so that will yeah. be murder, yeah. and you'll probably get hanged for that. Yeah. Um, so, I think, I think, well, I think many role-playing parties should just be hanged after yeah. a month's end, particularly. Yeah. So, a delve in a dungeon, that's it. That's it. Yes, yeah, delve in a dungeon. I, I argue there's no works down there. It's just, it, it, it's, it's just where they hang out till heat's yeah. off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, there's quite a big social context to it as well. Yeah, um, and the, the historical context, obviously, too. You know. Yeah. Um, but David, thank you so much, yeah, and sure. I'm looking forward to going in and watching some more fencing. So yeah, that should sure. be great. Thanks. Yeah. Hi everyone. Um, so I'm here with Callum, and Callum is one of the organisers of Compulsion. So tell us a wee bit about what's involved in that. Sure. Um, so Compulsion is Edinburgh's friendly local RPG role-playing game convention. Um, we're backed and run by a committee from USA, which is the University Role-Playing Game Society. Um, yeah, so we, we, we put together, we take over the student union here in Edinburgh and we put together a number of nerdy hobbies. We've got role-playing games, we've got board games, we bring in some kind of ephemera stuff to, I think you've already spoken to the Don yep. Duelists, yep. who are our sword-wielding buddies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just we're, we're, we're a student-led con. We have been since the very, very beginning. Compulsion's been running for a, a heck of a long time. Um, yeah, so that, that, that's it. We're kind of a, a student-led, student-forward, happy local role-playing convention. Tell us a bit more then about your experience, your history of Compulsion. Sure, then. so I, I often joke that I'm like the Compulsion DLC character okay. in that I don't, get, I don't manage during term time to get to many of the GIAS events, but I get downloaded for the convention and then deleted again. Um, so I, I ran the convention last year which was a, a brilliant experience Compulsion is I use that phrase friendly local gaming convention in the best possible way there's always smiles you know we it, it's all about just creating a nice friendly community around the convention but my, my experience is nothing but positive with Compulsion I ran it last year and that was it's a hard job it's a hard job being top of, top of the food chain I suppose it is with organising anything mm. um, but you know, we couldn't do it without the community of people we've got around us. And then this year, I've taken a little bit of a step back and I'm just doing logistics. So I'm moving tables and unlocking doors, which is a lot more relaxing. I'm actually going to be able to game this year. So you couldn't stay away? 
No, I couldn't stay away. No, they dragged me back in. It's a bit like the mafia in that respect. You think you're out and they drag you back in. No, it's the best mafia in the world. I love them the bits. So what are your what are your highlights of compulsion then? My highlights of compulsion. I love the pub quiz. The pub quiz is kind of our round off event. <laughs> That's an organizer speaking because it's the last last moment he has to be in charge. But um, I like the pub quiz because I think it emphasizes everything that compulsion is about. It's everyone, regardless of what their personal interest is, whether it's role-playing games, board games, whether they're here for the Don Julius, get together, having a bit of fun in the room, answering some nerdy questions and enjoying each other's company. And I think if there was one theme that runs across what compulsion is, it's just a weekend of having a bash with your mates, doing the nerdy stuff you love. So, yeah. And you've already said that it, it is a, a local yeah. thing, you know, but it's definitely it's quite a relaxed atmosphere about the place. It's yeah, quite laid back. I think that's engineered. I think yeah. that's what we're going for. Yeah. Um, we, w- we want people to be able to wander around. We want people to be able to... We want to be an inclusive space yeah. as well. And I think um, a lot of the bigger cons, if it's a lot more regimented, you know, and you've got your time scales to meet, then that can that, that can reduce the level of kind of inclusiveness. So we, we try and make it as uh, yeah, hippy-dippy and wishy-washy as possible. We just let <laughs> people wander around and have a bit of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. As I say, we're, we're pitching at that level of we want everyone to feel nice and comfortable, and part of that is the relaxed atmosphere. You know, our staff are wandering around, talking to people. You know, yeah, it's always it's always been that way. So, will we see you again for Compulsion 2019? Hopefully, very very hopefully, I might be moving to a different part of the country. Okay. But even if I can't be here to organise, I'll I'll run back to attend. So I'm sure I'm sure you'll see me. Whether or not it's in a staff <laughs> T-shirt, I'll definitely be back. Callum, thank you so much for speaking Absolute with us. Absolute pleasure. Perfect. Perfect. So I'm now here with Keith McLemon, and you may have heard of Keith McLemon as uh, Cardboard and Coffee, or Nuts and Bots, which we played at Aircon. So hi Keith. Hi. Thanks for having us. Um, so we've just played a quick game of Nuts and Bots. Yeah. Um, you won. I'm not going <laughs> to say if I, you know, if I think there's been a fix or anything yeah. like that. Flip um, your yeah, flip your flip. Why don't you tell us about your game then? Tell us what you've what you've been because you have made some changes to it since the yeah. last played at Aircon. Um, it's a tile manipulation game mm-hmm. where you have to complete contracts in order to build robots. Um, some of the the main aim of the game is to build a megabot, which okay. is an eight length contract, uh, which means you've got to put eight tiles in order mm-hmm. and have a worker on each tile in order to complete it. Um, but you have to build up to that. So at the start, you only have six workbots. So you need to build the extra contracts, yeah. build up your workforce. Yeah. Um, you can build spare parts as well. Yeah. Uh, the spare parts allow you to replace. Instead of having to put tiles on the board or workstations on the board, you can use the spare parts instead. Yeah. And it means that it makes the, the contracts, like, the longer contracts, slightly simpler yeah. and easier as well. So yeah, so some of the changes you made yeah. this time around. I just love the idea of the megabot. I just I envision you know like some sort of you know the Power Rangers when they'd all come together. Yeah. And for, that's what I imagine all yeah. these worker bots just coming together. But you, you've actually implemented some of the chains that maybe I'm being a bit <laughs> big-headed here that I've suggested yeah, at Aircon, I did, I did. Um, which was to allow the player to see it up front. Yeah. Now, having said that. I never made use of that <laughs> because having seen it, I would have known what I should be trying to get. Yeah, I should have yeah. seen what I was trying to get. I didn't. I didn't do that. That's my own fault. Um, but you'd said actually you found that you you were doing that. You I were was, able to sort um, of think ahead. Yeah, I'd only introduced that uh, this week. Yeah. I've been playing around with it at home just to try and find because there's a, a, it's still in the tweaking stages. Yeah. There's still a few bits and pieces that yeah. I need to sort out. Although I'm hoping that this is it actually. Yeah. Um, and one of the things was I tried 
everybody having a megabot up front, yep. so that it's something to aim for specifically. Yep. Um, and I did find that when I was uh, trying to complete the other contracts, I had the megabot in mind, and I was looking to see what the megabot needed, and I was building towards that. So I think that's a really good addition to the game. I think it makes a big difference. Because although the megabots were visible before, um, you only chose one once you completed the rest of the requirements and everything like that. Uh, this time, you've got your own one, so you can work towards it. So what's next for Nuts and Bots then? <laughs> um, I need to get artwork. Okay. Um, I'm planning to take it to Kickstarter. Right, um, okay. Uh, when I'm at UKGE, I might do a little bit of pitching to publishers, but it, it, the fact is I'll probably end up taking it to Kickstarter. Um, so I need to get the artwork sorted out. Uh, the rules, I feel, are pretty much complete. I feel that uh, probably still some tweaks here and there, but I'm happy with it. It's been stable for quite a long time. The main game's been stable. Uh, so get the art yep. start working towards putting it, getting so it out there you're going to be at UK Games Expo I will but I won't have a stall you won't there. have a stall um, I'll be at the playtest area probably and I'll be in the open gaming area just in case anybody wants to play Please it clip. but I'll be part time at a One Free Elephant yep. a, who did Carcosa and Ocean yes. yep. uh, so I'll be part time on their stall I'll be working there about half the time and then I'll be wandering around but you'll be half. about so if anybody okay. is curious and yeah. wants to catch up with you just, yeah. just grab you they can come to the One Free Elephant stall yes <laughs> and we can arrange to meet up at some point and have a game Keith thank you very much right, thanks. perfect I'm here with Matt Coward, who is a games researcher. So why don't you tell us a wee bit about what you're doing? Yeah, so sure. Um, I'm a sociologist from the University of York, and I'm studying the way in which tabletop games in all their myriad of forms create community, and why that's a good thing. Good. So why, why are you at Compulsion? What has brought you to Compulsion specifically? Oh, well, it's amazing. I've been, I've been I'm attending, as part of my um, research, um, a number of conventions across the UK. And That's it's, not bad. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And um, Convulsion is just one of those that really stood out for okay. me, actually. It's um, student-led, yeah. voluntary-led. Um, it, it just seemed to have a really nice ethos about mm. it. And Edinburgh's a lovely city as yeah. well. <laughs> so what are your plans for the research, or what are you hoping to, to even bring from it? Yeah. What is the, the point of it really? <laughs> for want of a better word. <laughs> yeah, so um, in sociology what we do is we try and speak back to wider society. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is I'm doing field work for a year and then I'm taking all this field work to then produce information. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping next year to kind of come back to these kind of events and talk at them and actually speak back about what I found out, yeah. you know? It's, it's not about creating a checklist of do's or don'ts in any way, but it's saying about how um, tabletop gaming and tabletop gamers and the way we interact and the way in which we create groups of people mm-hmm. can speak back to wider society and why that's yeah. a positive thing. Yeah. So it's, for me, it's, it's about speaking back to the general public, but also I want this information to feed back into groups the, of gamers yeah. themselves. You know, yeah. that's <laughs> So how are you gathering your data? Yeah, so uh, I'm conducting interviews, mainly lots of interviews, um, coupled with um, fieldwork, so um, here attending conventions, observations, um, 
focus groups and actually playing games yeah. with people because what better way to conduct research yeah. than to play a game at the same time yeah. um, and I, I take what's called kind of an interpretivist approach so I don't have any hypotheses mm-hmm. here I'm not coming in and saying I want to find out why this x equals yeah. y I'm taking what what the people who are speaking to me are saying and using that as a basis for my study I want mm-hmm. it to be truly reflective yeah. of the industry in the yeah. UK that's great so you've said you're obviously going to be doing a tour of conventions. So what's your next one? What have you got lined up? Oh, next one. I don't. The, May's a busy month. The next one's probably going to be UKGE. Oh yeah. Um, which which will be great. Um, yep. I'm really excited for Tabletop Scotland. Yeah. Uh, in, in September. September. Um, I'm also looking at kind of Chilcon in Derby, okay. Bastion, um, and a few more. I'm still. It's it's kind of connecting the dots a little yeah. bit and travelling around, but. Yeah. I'm hoping to attend as many as possible, and I'm particularly interested in these more um, person kind of volunteer-led yeah. ones. Yeah. You know, it's it's there's something really wholesome and communicative about yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely is. I mean, I've always said that. Um, I suppose I'm a sociologist as well, and that I, I work in community mental health, and so I always see the benefits within groups being able to bond over something. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, board games? Was it? You know, but it's like actually no. It's 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 so you know developmental and what it does you know um, that I can totally see the benefit of having this and also like we're saying I think you'd said earlier that actually most of the data we have at the moment is not up to date yeah so so there is stuff coming out from in the past 10 years but a lot of the research kind of it comes out of the United States comes out of Australia mainly um, and it's a very it's just a very different environment so if we can create something as a collective of tabletop gamers that I happen to write down and, you know, that becomes a real honest representation yeah. of tabletop gaming in the UK, I think, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> what, what more could we want, yeah. really? Brilliant. Well, thank you for chatting with us. So we'll see you again at UK Games Expo. Fantastic. Good, I'll see good. you there. And if you see Matt there, be sure to say hi. Fantastic. Thanks. We are Unlucky Frog Gaming and I am Ben. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support by giving us money through the Unlucky Frog Patreon. And be sure to check out our website, unluckyfrog.com, to find out more. (laughs) 